0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun. We're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone and welcome to another friendly episode of Ask Drone You as we cover this week's drone news. With me today, joining me as always, is Mr. Haya Castello from Drone DJ. And it probably won't be the last time I mispronounce his last name. Welcome to the show, my friend.
1: (laughs) It's forgiven, Paul. No worries. How are you today?
0: I am, uh, as you know, doing very well, very energetic as usual. But I'm doing very good. How are you, my friend?
1: Very good. Very good.
0: Well, that is awesome. We've got a lot of news to cover as we yet again have, uh, we missed our, our normal Thursday recording for our Friday-Saturday release, but I'm excited to be here because there's a lot of drone news and it's interesting, Haya. It seems like October is the month where everyone is launching their come-to-market products or the products that we can expect to see for the holiday season. And uh, also we're seeing some new regulations and uh, we're also seeing a lot of new uses for drones as the, the market matures, so do the utilizations of drones as well. But as we get started today, I'm really excited to talk about something that is extremely troubling. And while I do not believe that this particular act will be passed through Congress or the House, I do find it extremely troubling that, yet again, another local government is trying to, well, stick its fingers where they may not belong.
1: Haya, what do you have for us? Yeah, uh, it seems like it doesn't stop, really, does it? I mean, first we had the American Security Drone Act a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now it comes from a different corner. It's Senator Mike Lee, from uh, he's a Republican, by the way, from Utah and he is proposing a Drone Integration and Zoning Act, which basically would mean that all drone flights below 200 feet would now uh, be authorized, or not authorized, but would be under jurisdiction of local governments, cities, states, and Native American tribes. So taking away that authority from the FAA. In their act, Mike Lee reasons that the FAA cannot feasibly or efficiently oversee millions of drones in every locality throughout the country. And the reason that uh, the states have sovereign police powers to protect the property of their citizens is because issues of land use, privacy, trespass and law enforcement make sense at a local and state level. The best way to ensure, he says, public safety and allow this innovative industry to thrive is to empower the people closest to the ground to to make local decisions in real time. And that's exactly what the Drone Integration and Zoning Act does. Well, I think that's very much open for debate. I think uh, the risk of doing something like that would be to create a patchwork of different rules and regulations, meaning that if you're a uh, enthusiast drone pilot, or even better, a commercial drone pilot, and you want to fly your drone now, it becomes very, very hard to find what rules and regulations apply in the next town that you're going to be flying your drone in. So I think rather than making things easier, it just creates a nightmare for everybody. Of course, the FEA is not a fan of uh, developments like these at all. And they've warned against uh, local and state authorities developing their own set of drone rules. They argue that it would severely limit the flexibility of the FAA in controlling the airspace and flight patterns and ensuring safety and efficient air traffic flow. Um, I couldn't agree more with them. Uh, I don't think this is a great idea either. I don't think it has a great chance of making it uh, and then becoming law. I mean, uh, Mike Lee also was part of the uh, 2017 Drone Federalism Act, which was trying to achieve similar goals, and that never made it out of the committee. So I don't think there's a real risk, but yeah, it's another example of different authorities or different people trying to limit the use of drones throughout the U.S. And, uh, of course, as proponents of drone use, we're no fans of these uh, types of regulations.
0: It kind of reminds me of what AirMap was trying to do back in the days uh, at the beginning of uh, Part 107 as well, and especially with what was going on with the ULC commission on tort law with drones and separating the airspace. I will say I, like you, agree that I don't think this is going to make it out of you know the committee but I think it's important for everyone to be educated on what it is why it may not be a good idea and how it may affect the industry negatively because I think the FAA like many of us understand that if there was a patchwork of regulations the probability and propensity for drone pilots to adhere to those laws when they're not organized in uniform would be almost impossible to enforce so you know I, I think that the FAA while They have put out the memorandum stating that they are the only government entity that controls airspace. I think that this bill would open up a patchwork of new problems, not only uh, a patchwork uh, of new regulations. Now, with that said, Haya, I will say that this, uh, you know, I don't think that this is going to go anywhere, just like you said. So I think it's something that people really shouldn't worry about. And it is also uh, funny, you know, if, if anyone out there is dealing with these issues when it comes to local authorities or regulatory bodies potentially trying to enact rules that may not, you know, well, really fit in the framework of the existing federal regulations, I would just quickly respond in a shameless plug um, to say don't forget to check out the Drone um, Advocacy Kit, that's DroneAdvocacyKit.com, has every piece of paperwork that you need to help educate your community about what they can and cannot do when it comes to drone regulation. Also, don't forget if you are representing the drone community, please do so professionally because we all appreciate it. In fact, Haya, I think that's something that should be a, a story in itself as professionalism in the drone industry because there could be opportunities that people are not only ruining for themselves and their own companies but ruining for the industry as a whole. Now, with that said, there's this next piece of drone news is really, really fascinating. Not only is it fascinating, but it's a beautiful story. Haya, you're someone who has kids, right? Can you imagine if one of your kids, your your daughter or your son, had gone missing for a few days and it's starting to get cold now and you're wondering if they would even survive the night? Well, you've done a great job at getting about five to 600 of your nearest friends together to look for them, but no one's finding them. I'm sure the thoughts running through your mind would get well, rather ridiculous and the fear is just kind of overwhelming you, but it looks like Thermal cameras and drones are really aiding in the development of finding our most dearest family members. Haya, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, this is a, quite an amazing story actually. It's a six-year-old boy uh, who got lost in a cornfield near Becker, Minnesota. So um, his name is Ethan. Ethan came from the school bus and went outside to play with his dog and somehow he got lost in that cornfield. and he, Uh, was reported missing in the afternoon, but he wasn't found until almost 2 a.m. at night, so the next day, basically. Uh, So he wasn't missing for days, but he was missing for a good number of hours, and of course, six years old, it's getting dark, it's getting cold, you can only imagine how uh, petrified those parents must have been. And what really struck me in this story is that uh, about 600 volunteers participated in trying to find this six-year-old boy. I mean, imagine, there's 600 people looking for this little boy, nobody apparently can find him, until one volunteer launches his uh, Matrice 210 with a thermal camera and starts uh, scouting the area. And sure enough, he does find the boy with his drone. So uh, it just goes to show the power that uh, the right products or the right drone with the right equipment has in the uh, in the hands of uh, equipped, or how do you say that, uh, people that are uh, well equipped to deal with these products. Uh, I think it's an amazing story, I mean, yeah, this kid made it uh, back. Alive and just fine. He was cold. So, in in this case, it wasn't quite the emergency perhaps yet. I mean, saying that uh, potentially his life was saved might be uh, one step too far, but you can only imagine if he wasn't found, it might have turned into a a life-threatening situation if he was out there in the cold uh, for the entire night. So again, a great story of drones doing good, and we can only hope for more drones in the hands of more first responders so that uh, any situation that's similar to this can be quickly resolved.
0: No, it's phenomenal. I love the fact that we're utilizing this technology to save people's lives. Can I mean just think of the you know, just the the value that it provides and just imagine that one family is no no longer worried about, you know, leaving their loved ones. So I, I just find this as one phenomenal use of drones. Love hearing about just how drones are really saving people's lives. And it seems like every day we're hearing a new story about how drones are saving people's lives. Now, in addition, not only are drones saving lives, but it looks like drones may also be saving property, equipment, and workplace compliance. Now, I know none of those go together, but it looks like with Skydio's new release on top of the Skydio Two, it looks like their recent announcement with drone deploy could actually change the way that construction companies perform their tasks. Haya, what do you have here?
1: Yeah, so this announcement was made uh, last week during the uh, Drone Deploy conference in San Francisco. Uh, We all know the Skydio launched a Skydio 2 drone just a couple of weeks ago, and now the company has launched a Skydio 2 dock. And this is a self-contained, weatherproof charging station for the Skydio 2 drone. And it should enable you to really fly persistent operations for enterprise applications, at least that's how they call it in their press release. Imagine you either it's a construction yard or you have a landfill that needs to be uh, monitored and mapped. And with a drone setup like this, you'd be able to, let's say, every morning at 9 a.m. have the drone fly out, do a quick scan or a quick map of the area and basically provide you with information that would update you on the status or your of your construction project or how the landfill is filling up or any similar uh, application to be able to do this. Autonomously and safely would, of course, uh, be a big plus in, in many situations. The only thing right now that kind of prevents any company from using a drone in this way is that you're not really allowed to fly drones fully autonomously and also beyond visual line of sight. So if you would want to use a Skydio drone uh, in this manner right now, you would still need a part one of seven certified pilot uh, at the ready and at the controls to intervene if needed. So we're not quite there yet. But it's not hard to imagine that if you put the technology out there and you provide it to companies that some of those companies are going to start looking for ways to uh, to utilize this capability and perhaps work with the FAA to get the necessary waivers in place to start flying drones fully autonomously on a regular basis. So I think, again, it's a... uh, it's an exciting uh, development it's another step forward in the drone industry and as we've seen with with many similar situations once you put the technology in people's hands they start finding new uses for it and that a lot of times pushes and triggers the new uh, developments in regulation it's typically not the other way around where the regulations come first so i applaud skydio for putting it out there i hope we uh, we get some companies that have found ways to use this technology and are um, gonna push the regulation to make the use of drones in this way uh legitimate
0: yeah this is really interesting because there are so many uses that could come from this from like daily stockpile reports to permanent record of installation and daily compliance reports on safety violations, which plague some construction companies, the value is definitely there. I think it's always in the how. How will this get done? With the recent release of drone deploy, saying that they're working with Skydio through their SDK, it is exciting to see what is possible with the Skydio through the SDK. But again, you know, I just really want to see some of these drone companies come out with a camera that has a global shutter that is going to, you know, essentially take the time down by two thirds to do mapping missions that could be done with other drones. So while I do think this is phenomenal and there are lots, lots of things that could be done with it, it's, oh, there are always so many questions in the how, right? And I know it's working with Drone Deploy. They launched this at the Drone Deploy conference. And frankly, it's exciting to see what will happen with this and again, how it ends up working. And I think only time will tell. In this next piece of drone news, it's actually really exciting, Haya, because if you're like me, then you hate spending time in traffic. And it looks like Ford, like Land Rover, may actually have one particular solution that could help aid drivers in, well, averting traffic disaster. But what Ford is, has has up their sleeve is not quite clear. But that's what's driving this next, or should I say flying, this next piece of drone news. Hiya, I would say that my intros for these uh, news stories are pretty out there and pretty subpar, and I think my tiredness is showing but I am really excited to hear what Ford has up its sleeve.
1: Don't let that stop you Paul. Uh, Ford has uh, filed for a number of patents that involve drones and the most recent one is a drone that would fly out of the trunk of your car in case of an emergency. Actually this might be a great use case for the Skygo uh, 2 Duck, by the way. Um, it's not the first time that Ford has uh, worked on patents. I mean, uh, I think it was the FEA symposium last year where Forts introduced a drone ID system, almost like a remote ID system, where they would use the flashing LED lights from a drone to basically communicate Uh, the drone identification. I'm not sure if that ever went anywhere, but that was one example. They also had another one where uh, they were wondering if people would like to have a drone with their Ford F-150. In this latest one, it's more to do with emergency and safety situations. So imagine if if your car malfunctions or if you do end up in an accident, the drone will be able to fly out of the trunk, uh, assuming that the trunk still opens, of course, and the drone still functions fly out of the trunk and then basically signal to first responders uh, the location of your vehicle and maybe also document the situation so that first responders, even before they get to the scene of the accident, already have a picture of uh, what they might encounter there. So in theory, this sounds like something that might be very, very useful. Of course, as with many drone uh, patent applications, you never really know if any of this comes to fruition. Uh, A lot of times, companies just file patents to kind of play a defensive game and uh, make sure that nobody else can uh, can use certain ideas or technologies. So I'm not sure if this is going to uh, become real life anytime soon, but for sure it's an interesting development. And uh, one of the things that stood out as well is that Ford has a new interest in how it approaches mobility. And it's not only about uh, SUVs and cars and trucks anymore. They now include unmanned aircraft. So. I think down the road we might expect some more developments from Ford, maybe not just a drone flying out of your trunk, but maybe they also want to get into air uh, taxi, uh, for instance. But anyway, yeah, this is the latest from Ford, and we'll see what happens with with this patent uh, filing.
0: Yeah, very interested. Like I said, I think it was Tattoo Motors who bought Land Rover from Ford, actually showcased a Land Rover with a drone flying out of it. For, uh traffic. That was a couple years ago. And if you also remember, Ford did the $100,000 contest where they wanted to essentially hire teams to discuss how to take off and land outside of the bed of a pickup truck.
1: Yeah, there were some more examples. I mean, recently we had an article uh, about Audi and they had a uh, concept vehicle, like an uh, all-terrain an type vehicle with, I think, Two or three drones mounted on top that would self-deploy and kind of light the way as you make your way through uh, uh, through rough terrain. We also saw a commercial from Porsche not too long ago, a couple of months ago, where uh, out of the trunk a drone took off and kind of recorded a sporty drive along a cliffside. So um, you can see that more car companies are thinking about how and if they should be using drones with their, their vehicles.
0: Couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. Moving on to our next piece of drone news. It looks like LiDAR is becoming more and more relevant as, well, more and more drone mappers realize the limitations of photogrammetry. What's going on with this last piece of news, Haya?
1: Yeah, so LiDAR has been making uh, uh, headlines really in the uh, historical and archaeological uh, world. I mean, we've seen the use of LiDAR radar systems in airplanes, uh, making new discoveries in Cambodia, but uh, also in Mexico. Uh, In this case, it's uh, airplanes and drones that are used with LiDAR to uh, create these uh, high-resolution maps. And it's, it's really quite fascinating because a lot of times when you're on the ground as an archaeologist so sorry (laughs) and you're looking for the landscape you're trying to discover ruins and buildings and patterns in the landscape it it becomes kind of hard because you're so close to the detail that becomes hard to to see the bigger picture if you look at these maps that they create with lidar you have a view from much higher up and all of a sudden you can see streets and canals and you can see different structures that are Uh, sometimes even too large to see when you're on the ground. So it's not the first news story in which we've seen the the use of LIDARs in combination with airplanes and drones, but for sure it's the most recent one. And in this case, they expect that the world around us actually might be at some point completely mapped with LIDAR to get all the detail. And in this case, it was very humbling uh, an experience because of all the detail that LIDAR had showed that they had previously missed when they were looking at these Maya runes. So
0: Yeah, very interesting. I mean, they say that the world has been mapped already, and that the last frontier are those places that we cannot see. But yet, I think it's interesting to know that there is a lot that we cannot see. Uh, In addition, that wasn't our last piece of news, as I did actually skip over a very relevant piece of news for myself. Uh, As many of you know, one of my favorite things to do is to film ranches. On the side. It's one of the very few side jobs, side hustles I still have going on while uh, running and being an executive manager of Drone U. Uh, and that being said, this next piece of Drone News is all about how farmers are now teaching sheep to follow drones instead of being scared by them. And I found this really interesting. I also found it really interesting. As kind of a metaphor for the industry, as it advances and it matures, it seems like less and less people are really afraid of drones as they finally understand what they can and cannot do. But that being said, Haya, this is a really interesting story because, you know, when I go out on ranches all the time, you know, the animals love running from drones. I would say one of the biggest challenges is actually trying to get a drone up in the air when you see wildlife, like rare wildlife. Even last week, we saw this uh, group, this herd of antelope that hasn't been recorded in like a decade or two on camera. And I had 30 seconds to get the drone out of the car. And as these antelope are running away from us, get the drone up, chase them and try to get a good shot. But I will say loving that Mavic 2 Enterprise for those particular shots because well, it's got that onboard recording, so even though I did forget that SD card, I still was able to get the shot. Bahia, what do you have in this last piece of drone news?
1: Nice, nice. Um... So farmers, uh, like many other people, have discovered the use of drones and initially the first stories that we came across with farmers using drones were more uh, to chase sheep and to chase them into the direction where you want them to go. So basically like an uh, airborne uh, dog almost chasing around these sheep. The second story we came across was a guy who actually used a, a DJI Mavic 2 Enterprise with the speaker to record a barking sound and then fly after the sheep while barking with the drone to chase them in the right direction. Now, what we, or at least in this story, what was found is that uh, those methods only worked for so long. I mean, apparently the sheep are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. And at some point, the sheep realized that the drones really aren't a threat, even if they buzz and they bark at them. Uh, They're really not a threat. So the sheep stop responding, which brings us to this particular story. And I hope I pronounce his name correctly. But Wojciech Benke in Shropshire, England, uh, according to Farmers Weekly, has now started to use drones to try and lure sheep in the right direction. So whenever sheep are fed, he also flies his drone and he hopes that you kind of get this buffalo reaction where Once the sheep hear the drone, they realize, hey, it's feeding time. Let's follow the drone and we'll get, uh, we'll get something to eat. So it's, it's funny. It's an, uh, it's a different take on using a drone to hurt your sheep. Uh, We'll see if it actually works. It was done in combination with a professor from Harper Adams University. So there's, There's some theory to this method, and actually this professor said that learning to ignore things that are not a threat is a very important function in the evolution and development of animals, saying that it kind of makes sense that these sheep at some point figure out that they don't have to be afraid of the drone. Hopefully, the other method is going to work better, and maybe we'll see more farmers lure their sheep in the right way uh, using drones, so it's something we'll keep an eye out for.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool. Again, lots of metaphors, lots of analogies for other things that are going on in the industry, as drones mature. And I think we're going to leave everyone on that and leave everyone to ask the question of what else will mature in this drone industry? Because I I think this next year, 2020 might be a huge evolution in the drone industry as a whole from how we fly drones to how we use them. I think a lot of things are going to change. And frankly, I'm really excited about that because I'm hoping that it gets a lot of the, the fakers, the beltway bandits out of our industry once and for all.
1: That will be a very good development. But I think before we get to 2020, hopefully the fourth quarter is going to go out with a bang as well.
0: Literally. On that bombshell, that's going to do it for us today. Haya, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks again, as always. My name is Paul. His name is Haya. And you're listening to another episode of Ask You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.